This is HPR episode 2314 entitled Bad Caps. It is hosted by Anibil and is about 26 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is Anibil talking about repainting a computer motherboard. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is NY Bill, and I'm back to do another HPR, and it does involve electronics again, and it does involve capacitors, which I think someone asked about, but this is what happened, and this is what's in front of me. I was at the lug last month, so this was, uh, well, three weeks and a few days ago, now, since I'm talking to you, and my buddy Marcus walks in, and he's got his whole entire gaming rig with him, so it's a big honking you know, super-cooled computer with, you know, big fans on it. You know, it's not just your average, you know, PC you buy off the shelf. He, he built this as a gaming rig, and I'm just wondering why he's walking into the lug when we all have little laptops. He's bringing his whole entire computer in. Everyone's making jokes about bringing the rest of the computer room in with you and stuff like that. But anyways, he sits down next to me, and I said, why do you have your whole entire gaming rig with you? And he goes, I broke it. <laughs> so... You know, how do you break your gaming rig? And he starts taking it apart. I go, well, why are you going to take it apart? You know, are we going to help you fix it? And he goes, no, I think I'm done with this one. The motherboard's shot. And I'm just going to, you know, take it apart and maybe sell the parts on eBay or whatever. And it's time to build a new rig. And I said, how did you break your computer? And he said he was overclocking it. And he says he said he was overclocking the Core i5 like past, you know, he's getting up in an area where... He shouldn't have been clocking that fast. And he started hearing pops, like a very loud pop. And then he heard another very loud pop. Now, anybody that knows capacitors knows what's going on there. He's, well, he could be frying any component on here. But a cap, and especially these caps I'm going to talk about in a minute, these ones will pop like popcorn. Other caps will do other things. I'll tell you about that. So uh, I said, don't throw out the motherboard. Give it to me and let me just see. I might have the capacitor at home. Let me just see if I can replace it, and if I can fix it, we can, you know, give it to someone or build another rig or, you know, use it as a second computer. So here it is in front of me. I'll, uh, take a picture. I don't even, this isn't my computer, so I don't even know what board this is. AS Rock. X-Fast use, X-Fast RAM, X-Fast LAN. I guess everything is X-Fast. This is a super fast. No, AS Rock. THX, True Studio. ATI. I have no idea what brand this is. Anyways, I'll take a picture of it, and then if anybody wants to tell me what it is. It says extreme all over it, so, you know, it must be super extreme. Anyways, I'm looking at the bad caps right now. 
It's very easy to see them. Everywhere all over this board are gold caps. They're polymer caps. Uh, I think these are Nichikan. Let me get my magnifying glass. Gold caps by Nichikan. Anyways, that's a respected, respected maker of caps. I'm not seeing... Uh, I'm just going to go with that. I might have to Google it later, but... Anyways, there's gold capacitors all over the board. They look like a can. Usually what people would think of when they see a can capacitor is an electrolytic capacitor. I could talk about some of the differences in a minute. These are solid polymers. So this is fairly new, I guess. I'm starting to see them more and more. Actually, I just took it out of the bag and I can smell the burned smell of the liquid smoke or the, the magic smoke getting out of this board. You can smell the burning on it. So everywhere on this board are the gold cap, gold cap, gold cap, gold cap. You get up near the CPU, and there you just see two charred black things that look like a coil of paper that someone had held a match underneath and just started charring the paper. These are the two caps that went bad. There's no doubt about it. He showed me, he didn't have the gold cans that popped off of these caps, but he showed me a picture of them on his phone. And I don't know if it was like the explosion of them coming off, you know, popping off the top of the cap, or they popped off so hard like a bullet that they hit the other side of the case because they were dented on the top. I mean, these things popped pretty good. So I told him, you know, just don't throw out the board. I'll take it home. Let me see if I have the capacitor to put in here. I came home and I did not have the capacitor. I don't have any solid capacitor, solid polymers. I have electrolytics. I have, you know, everybody's got, well, I don't know about everybody, but I have ceramics. I have like the old school through-hole stuff. These are still through-hole, but they're more of a surface mount type thing like a pick-and-place machine would do. So the electrolytic is probably what most people are familiar with, the little can type of capacitor. They're usually black. Sometimes they're blue. I suppose they could be any color, but black and blue are the most I see. Uh, they are polarized. You'll see, uh, the, you know, the voltage wants to go in one way and out the other. Most of them at the top have a little slit. They'll either have one slit or a crosshair slit. That is for when they blow up. Electrolytics have essentially a wrap, well, capacitors in general. It, it's two plates. There's two plates of metal and nothing's touching in between them, but not voltages flowing. Uh, a magnetic field is being generated and negatives can pile up on one side and positives can pile up on the other side in this field and then they can flow back out. So what a capacitor is basically doing, it's like a battery. It's a storage of potential energy to use and when your board or whatever you're powering pulls down your energy below your norm, let's just pick 10 volts. If whatever you're powering up is running 10 volts, everything's smooth, everything's smooth, and your motor or your computer or your whatever you're going to run wants to drag things down to 8 volts, your capacitors in there are just going to push some more and smooth things back out. You, if you look at a scope real close, I mean, you might see a, like a little ripple, but it will help get things back up to that 10 volts. So they're just sitting there kind of regulating and they're filtering. And in power supplies, you, you see large, quite large capacitors because those are going to power the whole system. I'm looking over on my bench here and I got an analog scope and I got a 
digital scope, and these all have power supply units in them. So those, those would have some pretty big caps in them because they need to service fairly like low-frequency dips, if you will, but for the whole entire machine, the whole entire system. So if they're doing like large... It's hard to explain <laughs> unless you go into like a lot more detail than I am, but I'm keeping it light. Uh, these capacitors, the ones that blew up on Marcus here, these are decoupling caps. So when power leaves the power supply, let's we'll, we'll use a computer in this case because that's what this is. The power supply has its own capacitors in there, and they're helping regulate the overall power coming out of that power supply. There's probably you know, there's five volt rails, it could be 12 volt rails, whatever, whatever, what have you. Anyway, they want to split it up, but they have larger capacitors in there helping to send the proper amount of power out of the power supply and onto this board. Once you get to the board, though, the power is going through all these little tiny traces. These could be like seven layer boards these days. So powers, it looks like it might be going like five inches. It could be snaking all through the board. And by the time you get up to where it's actually entering a chip, you got like 8 or 10 or 12 inches of trace there. That's going to add inductance. It's going to add like resistance and like capacitance of its own. So what happens is something like a chip, like this CPU right here, it's going to want to switch at very high frequencies. It's going to want to grab power very quickly, switching. We're talking gigahertz here, so it's, it's going to switch crazy fast. But power has to get out of the power supply, snake all the way through this board, get into the chip, power whatever switching that chip wants to do, and then come all the way back out and get all the way back to the power supply. If you didn't have these caps that I'm going to talk about here, you would have one really weird system because it would just be sluggish and slow and there'd be no timing to it. These are decoupling caps. So what these are, they sit very close, almost every chip I'm looking at here, all these surface mount chips all surrounding around them, they have little tiny surface mount decoupling caps. What the coupling caps do is the power comes all the way out of the power supply, snakes all the way through this board, enters the chip, does whatever it's going to do in there, and you don't want it to have all that lazy way back to the power supply, so you stick a capacitor in there and just let it poof, go right back to ground, right there, right outside the chip. And doo -doo -doo. Again, it's hard to explain, but... I hope that just gave you a general idea so you can like look into it further if you want. There's Wikipedia's and there's YouTube's and there's, you know, everywhere. I, I'm just basically talking about the repair here. So my next problem was, as I said, I did not have solid polymer. Oh, that's what I was saying. Uh, <laughs> the electrolytics, the ceramics, let's see those little round discs. Those are just really two plates of metal separated by a dielectric where you got the positive and the negative piling up on the two plates and it can leave. An electrolytic is like a coil of plates where two plates go around, but they're not touching each other. So they spin, spin, and spin around and they're sitting in kind of like a pasty, it's liquidish. I have no idea. I've never taken one apart, but if you heat one of these up, you start boiling off that dielectric in there. And that was, it was what would pop out the top, the, the, the slit or the two X's that you see creased in the top of the electrolytic. If you're ever working on something and you see that crease and it's bulging, it's doming up, that capacitor is ready to fail. And it's probably in the process of failing. And it may be what's going on bad with uh, the piece of equipment you're looking at. I can think of one example is a monitor I had once that every time I would turn it on for like the first 10 minutes, 
it would look all psychedelic. All the colors would just like, uh, they were the wrong colors and they would ghost off each other. And I had to let the thing warm up and slowly the screen would just start working. And after about 10 minutes, it would stabilize. What that was, was the capacitors that were in there that were handling the frequency of the refresh rate were failing. So they, some of them were going slower than they should be. Some were, well, they were all probably going slower than they should be, but to varying degrees. So the, when the trace was trying to be drawn on the LCD, colors were just getting in the wrong spots. It was, it actually looked neat, but it wasn't functional. So I opened that monitor up and you could see almost every single large cap in there, electrolytic cap at the top was domed out. It was ready to vent out, which is when you boil up that dielectric in there and it comes out the vents in two slits. So if you're ever servicing a piece of equipment and you open it up and you see electrolytic capacitors in there and you see a dome on the top or you see one split right open, there's your bad cap right there. So just go ahead and replace that. And as long as you're in there, these are so cheap, find out every other cap of that value from that manufacturer on that board. And just while you got the thing apart, just replace all six or all eight or however many are there because they probably came out of the same run. They could have been a bad run of cap or... Uh, not so great a vendor and just while you got the thing open they're cheap enough do all the caps of that value from that vendor the one that went bad on this board is a the solid polymer i'm not even really too familiar with these i didn't have any though i do now you can hear i'm like rumbling through some so what i did is looked up we did this while we were at the log me and my buddy uh he goes by rusty one we were trying to dig into what these caps were, and you got to read like a little code on them because they don't say like such and such microfarad. There's a little code where the first two digits are the first two numbers of the microfarads, and the third digit was the how many zeros are there. So there's just like a little code, and we looked in and we found out. And we found out these are 820 microfarad caps. I get home, I realize I don't have the liquid polymers, so I need to order them. So. I've done some other HPRs on like where to acquire electronics parts. I remember mentioning DigiKey and Mauser and some others. And it, I could find them on there. And I just need two of these things. And they were like, I don't even know what they were, but let's say 30 cents each. So I need 60 cents worth of parts. And it was going to be like $7 to ship them to me. What I like to do is go to Banggood. That's B-A-N-G-G-O-O-D. This is a Chinese, I wouldn't call it a retailer. I'm not sure what to call this. It's, uh, it's kind of like an Amazon third party. So Banggood is like the forward-facing store. And then other vendors are behind it selling things to the rest of the world. And usually the stuff is really cheap. And that can go, that can bite you both ways. It can be cheap price-wise and it can be cheaply made. So, you know... Be careful there. But when you get into electronic components, they are so inexpensive. If you need 500 ohm resistors and you look on Banggood, you can find a package of 1,100 very of all different size resistors for like $5. And it's free shipping. I don't know. We still don't know in the lug how it's free shipping. I don't know how they do it. But there's we have a joke in our lug IRC if anybody ever came into our lugs IRC, there's so many inside jokes. It would take them a while to catch up. One of the jokes is, you know, where are the donkeys or how are the donkeys? Because way back when, we were, when we were looking at Banggood, 
and we were wondering how they can sell something that's five dollars and so send it all the way to america for free shipping we joked around that they, they must be using donkeys it's like free free labor so sometimes in the irc we'll be saying uh you know like rusty one asked me about these capacitors and he goes how are the donkeys bill so he was asking are they there yet and they weren't and i said they're still swimming so that was the joke you know they're swimming in the ocean they're bringing the anyways they're here now and while I was in there looking for capacitors, I found a package of electrolytics. I found a package of Mylar caps. These look like, uh, if anybody knows chiclet gum, these look like, they come in different colors. I usually see red or green. They look like chiclets with two wires coming out of it. I didn't have any Mylar caps, so I put that in the basket. So these are little kits. These are uh, the solid polymers that I got are 10 values, 90 pieces. The... Well, it doesn't say on top of it, but it's similar all around. I'll take a picture of these. So on the left is the solid polymers. Well, first I'll take a picture of these this bad capacitors on the board, so you know what I'm talking about here. So there, in the first picture of the show notes, you'll see gold cap, gold cap, gold cap, and it's going to be pretty obvious <laughs> these two burn charred things that are unfurling. Uh, the second picture here is on the left is the package of the solid polymers. In the middle are the uh, Mylar caps. They look like chiclet gum. And on the, did I do that wrong? No, left is the solid polymers, middle is the Mylars, and right is some electrolytics. I have tons of electrolytics, but these things are so cheap, these little kits. I forget what they were, but it's like five bucks each or something like that. So for 15 bucks, I got all these caps. I'm gonna use the two I need and stick the rest in my ever-growing parts bin but you can never have too many parts right so here they are two 820 microfarad solid polymer capacitors and the next step is to fire up the soldering gun suck these two bad ones out and put the good ones in so i'll do that now Hello, I'm back. Uh, it probably seems like just a second to you, but this was actually weeks in between the last time I recorded and now. I don't, I'm not even really sure what I said back then. I, I know kind of where I left off. I got to change these two caps, which I said might be decoupling caps, but as I kept looking at it, they might be supplying power to what's whatever is underneath these uh, extreme heat sinks here. Anyways, uh... Oh, and then I thought in the meantime, just to mention a few other things, uh, of course you got ceramic caps, you got electrolytic caps, you got these polymer caps, which I found out are Nichicon. Uh, you have open air core caps, which this is just uh, in general in case you want to keep researching caps. Uh, like an open air core would be in an old style radio when you're changing the tuning knob, you actually are moving fins, kind of like pie shaped, well, pie shaped, no a pie if it had one quarter missing out of it and as you move these fins you're increasing or decreasing the amount of metal that is in between each other it's very hard to describe I'm also talking over this buzzing noise you can probably hear and there's there's more of the story right there so the reason this took so long is I researched the caps I found out they are Nichicon I found replacements for them on Digikey and I ordered them, so I had to wait for those to come in. I got four of them, just in case. Uh, then I went to put them in. I could not get this solder to melt. I, I haven't done much uh, work on like uh, computer boards, 
The solder would not melt with my Heiko 80, what is this, an 8080? FX888D, which is a really nice unit for like 90 bucks. You can get this. This is really excellent uh, digital. It's, it's hard to talk over this noise that I'm going to tell you about in a minute. Uh, yeah, the FX888D is a really nice digital uh, soldering station if you're looking to pick one up. So I had a whole bunch of trouble desoldering the old caps. So what I thought of is I've always wanted one of these, but I never really did. I never pulled the trigger on it. I always just used my Hiko and one of these vacuum pumps. I can do it now. It's, it looks like a big syringe. You cock it, you melt something, and you pull it out. But what I did next was got an actual desoldering station. So this one you can hear now. Oh, the other noise just shut off. I'll tell you what that noise is in a minute. So I got a Heiko FR300. This is a desoldering gun. So what it is is the pen heats up and in the middle is a hole and you put it over the component and as I'm going to do now, you pull the trigger and it sucks the solder. It sucks the solder out automatically. I get, I wait for this to come in the mail. I go back to the board. I try and get these caps off. It won't touch it. I cannot get this solder to melt. So I start looking online, you know, what's going on, what's going on. It turns out that the solder they're using on modern uh, motherboards and such, probably, you know, video cards, all, all those type of components, has a higher melting temperature and there's no lead. It's just all tin. And from everything I read, in order to try and work on equipment like this, you really need a hot air rework station. So that's the noise you just heard in the background. That is a, I don't know how to say this, a Yoi? It's a, I found it on Amazon. It's a rework station, AOE. 852A++ Pro. It sounds like, yeah, it's perfect for an extreme board, A++ Pro. Anyways, all hot, hot air gun is, it's going to have a heating element in the handle. You heat it up to whatever temperature you want, and then it will blow air through. Finally, I got this solder to move, loosen up, and then I did suck it off with my, uh, with the suck, the, I don't know, vacuum, vacuum gun, whatever we're going to call that. And then, it's a, Pretty simple from there. You got clean holes on the board. Push the new caps in. Make sure they're in the right direction. Electrolytics want to go one way or the other. And uh, we got a little solder paste. Comes in a syringe. Stuck that on there. Got the heating gun going again. One thing I did find out about the heat gun is sometimes you're blowing the hot air there and you can see that the solder is starting to move. Sometimes if you just take the tip of the... Uh, hot air pencil and just touch it to the solder kind of like a soldering pencil it'll just get that final flow to go and then you get the air going and I know I'm gonna get yelled at by Ken because this could have been three episodes maybe it will I might do a review on both the, the Heiko solder uh, the vacuum thing I don't have a term for any of these and the hot air rework station uh, but that's geez I don't know how to sum this up because <laughs> I don't remember what I said in the first part this may be totally disjointed or you know just roll with it it was a repair on a motherboard, so I'll see Marcus at the lug next meeting, and I will give him this back. And he's going to have two capacitors in here replaced that are not gold like the others, because the gold must be extreme. I'm sure these, I'm sure these Nichicon caps, but they just have a gold cover on it. It's the same. How, how can you change the polymer and make it extreme? But anyways, there we go. Hopefully a successful repair. I think it is. Uh, I suppose I could test it but I don't feel like pulling a computer apart right now I'll give it back to him and he can let me know if it works and uh, 
I could let you know in a follow-up episode. Okay, so if anybody wants to contact me, I'm nybill at gunmonkeynet.net for email. And, uh, oh, yeah, I usually give my uh, status net here. I'm going to be working on my two v- yeah, VPSI, VPSs. My, I have a DigitalOcean and a Linode. I'm going to try and merge the two together. This could be another episode. Uh, and I want to try and consolidate things. So the DigitalOcean is going to be going down at some point, and that is hosting my StatusNet instance, which is terribly out of date anyways, and it doesn't have HTTPS. So in the meantime, what pops up is this Mastodon thing, which it seems like I haven't looked into this too far, but maybe somebody could do an episode on this. You know, how did this whole Mastodon thing come about and just bring us up to speed on it. Uh, it's a supposedly it's well it's GNU social but they kind of revamped the user interface and I found out that SDF which I've done a episode on in the past uh, SDF has an instance of Mastodon so I signed up for that and I just started using it a bit for like the last two weeks and then just slowly you know start subbing some of the guys that I talk to and just seeing how I like it and so far I'm getting along with it so I'm, I think I'm going to use this as a stopgap. In the meantime, for when uh, DigitalOcean goes down and I'm moving the database back to Linode, where I'm going to consolidate everything on a Linode. So if anybody's following me on StatusNet and I seem to disappear or I'm not talking so much, I'm over on this uh, SDF's Mastodon. Let me get the URL. So it's https uh, mastodon.sdf.org slash at nybill. And they finally let me use the two capital, the so New York, so... NY and then small b, B-I-L-L. So uh, if you want to sub me over there, I've been chit-chatting over there, or I am in IRCs, and uh, I think that's it. I wonder how this edit is going to go together because I don't remember what I said three weeks ago. Okay, I'll talk to you guys later. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.